Tuesday of the fifth week of Lent. It's the 27th of March of the year of our salvation, 2007. And you're back with Father Z for another podcast. Once again as our guest today, Pope Leo the Great, great doctor of the church from the 5th century. He is very often in the second reading for the Office of Readings in the Liturgy of the Hours, and that's why we're focusing on him so often in these podcasts. Today I'll also make some comments about feedback that you sent to me, give you a little news about what's going on with our server and our hosting. Let's get right into it. Office of Readings is from St. Leo the Great. He died in 461. And it's taken from a sermon on the Passion. It's uh, in most collections, it's Sermon 59. And this is one of those sermons uh, in the critical editions of Leo the Great that you'll find in two different redactions, uh, Redaction A and Redaction B. And sometimes, in some English translations, they're threaded together. Uh, In other reckonings or lists of Leo's sermons, sometimes you'll find it as Sermon number 8 on the Passion of the Lord. In any event, uh, this was preached on Palm Sunday, which was on April 16th, back in the year 444. And what Leo is doing here, he's talking about, uh, the. first of all, he talks about the, the fact that the Paschal mystery is simply too big for us to be comprehended. And then he asks for prayers that he will be adequate to preach about it. And in doing this, he does something which ancient rhetoric, it was very common in ancient rhetoric, he uh, he performs a, a captatio benevolentiae, the capturing of the benevolence of his audience. This is a very common uh, element in all of ancient rhetoric, the captatio benevolentiae. Then he moves on to recount uh, the events of the Passion and about how all had been prefigured and that in the things that were in the Old Testament that are in like shadowy forms and types and foreshadowings and so forth are then replaced uh, in Christ and in the Paschal Mystery with the reality that had been only prefigured before. That everything that happened before was leading up to it. And therefore, therefore, he makes a point about the Jews several times in this sermon he talks about the wickedness of the Jews and the crimes of the Jews and how they did not understand the mystery that was right in front of their eyes because they were so intent on harming Christ and what he's doing is saying they're blinded to what was going on before and therefore you couldn't see that that it was the fulfillment of all these figures and foreshadowings and prophecies right in front of your eyes then Leo describes the events of the Last Supper and he even takes a little time to speak directly to Judas, uh, who is the traitor, and uh, how he would hope that you know Judas would convert and so forth. It's very dramatic. And then 
And then he talks about the power of the cross and how this pivotal moment in all of history and all of the universe is the moment when things change from foreshadowing to reality, from figures into things that are open and clear. And the mysteries, though they remain mysteries, are nevertheless now clear and open mysteries. It's a, it's a truly a true tour de force that Leo has in the sermon. Let's listen now to St. Leo the Great, Sermon 59 on the Passion. It was preached on a Palm Sunday in 444. Ex sermoni busanti leonis magni pape. Noster intellectus, quem spiritus veritatis illuminat, gloriam crucis celo teraque radientem puro ac libro corde suscipiat, et interiore acie videat, quale sit quod dominus cum de Our minds, enlightened by the spirit of truth, should recognize with a pure and free heart the glory of the cross shining in heaven and on earth. It should see with interior penetration what it is that the Lord said when he spoke about the imminence of his passion, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Further, he said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it was because of this that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your Son. When the voice of the Father had come from heaven, saying, I have glorified, and shall again glorify, Jesus responded to those standing around, saying, It was not for me that this voice came, but for you. Now is the judgment of the world. Now the prince of this world will be sent down below. I, in being lifted up from the earth, shall draw all things to myself. O wonderful power of the cross! O indescribable glory of the passion! In this is the tribunal of the Lord, and the judgment of the world, and the power of the crucifixion. Omnia traham ad me ipsum. O admirabilis potentia crucis! O ineffabilis gloria passionis, in qua et tribunal domini et judicium mundi et potestas est crucifixi! Traxisti, Domine, omnia ad te, ut quod in uno iudei templo obumbratis significationis You have drawn all things to yourself, Lord. And when you had stretched out your hands all day for an unbelieving and rebellious people, all the world received the understanding to confess your majesty. You have drawn all things to yourself, Lord, when all the elements expressed the same feeling in condemning that crime perpetrated by the Jews. With the lights of heaven darkened, and day turned to night, even the earth shook with unaccustomed motions, and all creation turned its back on the practices of the wicked. You have drawn all things to yourself, Lord. When the veil of the temple was split apart, and the Holy of Holies withdrew from unworthy priests, so that the figure was turned into truth, prophecies into reality, and the law into the gospel, 
You have drawn all things to yourself, Lord, so that what was done in the one temple of Judea with concealed meanings, the devotion of all nations everywhere celebrates in a clear and open mystery. Now, when the variety of animal sacrifices has ceased, the one oblation of your body and blood fulfills all the many kinds of offering. You are the true Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, and thus you perfect all mysteries in yourself. As one sacrifice is made on behalf of all victims, so there will be one kingdom for all nations. Now there is a higher order of Levites, a worthier order of elders, and a holier anointing of priests, since your cross is the fountain of all benediction, the cause of all graces, through which there is given to believers strength from weakness, glory from reproach, and life from death. Let us confess then, dearly beloved, what the blessed teacher of Gentiles, Paul the Apostle, confessed in a glorious expression, a trustworthy message, and deserving to be accepted by all, that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Hence, the mercy of God towards us is more wonderful, because it is not for the just, nor for the holy, but for the wicked and godless that Christ died. Of course, the divine nature could not receive the sharp point of death. In being born from among us, he undertook something which he could offer for us. At one time, the power of his death threatened our death, saying through the mouth of Hosea the prophet, I will be your death, O death, and I will be your sting, O infernal one. By dying, he submitted to the laws of death, but by rising, he abolished them. So he put an end to the hold of death. From being eternal, he made it temporal. For just as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be brought to life. Et ita perpetuitatem mortis incidit, ut eam de eterna facere temporalem. Sicut enim omnes in Adam moriuntur, ita et in Christo omnes vivificabuntur. That was an excerpt from Sermon 59, a sermon on the Passion of the Lord, and it was preached in 444 on a Palm Sunday. And you'll have noticed, perhaps, within all of that, uh, talking about figures, uh, moving to reality, prefiguring and prophecies being realized in the person of Christ at that pivot point, at that, that vital moment in all of the history of our salvation, which is the passion and the death of the Lord, that he'll say that all of this was possible because of the incarnation, which is a, a constant theme of Leo's preaching on the Passion. He says, in being born from among us, 
he undertook something which he could offer for us. In other words, all of this that he does and the effects of our salvation in us were possible because of the incarnation. Leo is is underscoring the fact that the Son of God took into an indestructible bond with his divinity our human nature, a full human nature, a perfect human nature, body and soul, nothing having been left behind, because if if, if it wasn't all taken into to, uh, a bond with his divinity, then not all of it would be saved, you see, and the work of our salvation wouldn't be accomplished. And so he's, to a certain extent, preaching against those who uh, don't have the proper understanding of the incarnation, and he's trying to instruct them properly. This is, uh, you know, little tiny lines like that, that one that I just said, in being born from among us, he undertook something which he could offer for us. These are really important lines in these sermons. As a matter of fact, that line uh, perfectly reflects uh, some of uh, St. Augustine's teaching. Very often you'll find Augustine's teaching being taken up by Leo and re-expressed in different ways and in different occasions. That little line, in fact, if you go back and take a look at uh, the Enerationes in Psalms, number 129, St. Augustine of Hippo's commentary on the Psalms, you'll find very similar themes there. So that was Leo the Great, and uh, we are grateful for Holy Church to be bringing this back into our ears and back to our eyes, especially in the liturgy of the hours. And all of us can linger over these wonderful readings and gain so much insight into the mysteries of our faith. moment to respond to some of the feedback that uh, you listeners and readers of the What Does the Prayer Really Say blog are sending. Um, you have sent some very kind comments about these podcasts, and I'm grateful for those things. Because, uh, while you know, it's not all that pressing to make them, it does take a little bit of time and effort, and I'll continue to do so if I know that people are benefiting from them and using them and enjoying them. Uh, also, uh, you are obviously enjoying the blog very much because my hosting company, my new hosting company, I should say, uh, told me recently, uh, Father, you're taking up uh, you know, half the capacity of the server now. The people are that we're watching the traffic really carefully. And all I can say is, thanks. Let's keep hammering that blog because uh, they will put me on bigger and bigger and bigger machines. Apparently, they've moved us now over to an industrial strength machine that is designed to take super high capacity. And so, keep throwing it at us. I mean, I think that this is wonderful. It's a, it shows that these new methods of communication are effective, and the people out there are hungry, and they want information, and they're ready to participate and be interactive with it. So, thanks very much we, for all the patience during your server migrations, and uh, with all the different tweakings of the block. You folks are great. Uh, keep supporting. And uh, I'm very grateful for your feedback and to all your help. That's that one in a million girls. And now with my loving arms around you, honey, I can stand up and face the world. The aforementioned blog is wdtprs.com. That's Whiskey Delta Tango. 
PapaRomeoSierra.com. And uh, may your Lenten preparation continue to be very good and fruitful, and may God bless you and yours. Come on back soon for another podcast with Father Z. Oh, man,